When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show, a late night edition. Judd and Declan, we weren't going to do this edition, but when you watch an 8-5 to hockey game that has a near goaltender hockey uh, uh, fight between Marc-Andre Fleury and Jordan Bennington, and Bennington gets tossed from the game in a second period where a team that, when they had their superstar player, couldn't score a goal to save their lives, score five goals in the period alone. Um, and yes, as Matthew points out there, Declan hits on a write that down. Dang. Although although Aaron Rodgers screwed you, but that's a whole different topic. Um, we have a late night edition of Judd's Hockey Show to talk about what uh, I would not say was a well-played game, but was a tremendously entertaining game, and that's all that matters. Wild now within a point of the Dallas Stars for first place in the Central Division. They now have a franchise record 14-game point streak, 11-0-3. And um, there's a lot of places to start, Declan. But I think the I think the top takeaway for me is this. That first period, when the Wild trailed 3-1 after 1, and then the Blues came out in the second period and started to take it to them, and you thought, they're going to be down 4-1 really soon. Yeah, I know. You know, that was that was sort of the like, okay, here we go. They're going to lose this game, and it's not going to be pretty, and they didn't play really well against the Coyotes. Um, the resurgence of this team and the way that they are playing right now without Kirill and the amount of the uh, greasy goals they are scoring, I am very encouraged by what I'm seeing now. And um, I also feel like this is part and parcel of this. You know how I would complain incessantly about when Kirill was playing, how everybody thought they were Kirill too? So you'd have behind-the-back passes and guys trying to score nice goals. I think they're embracing the fact that without Kirill, just find a way to score, and who cares? And in the last three games without him, five goals, four goals, and now eight goals. Been a very nice resurgence, and I don't feel like anybody's trying to do too much. Yeah, it's been kind of weird. Isn't it weird how sometimes it works out like this that your superstar player who you lost and who could you barely you could score with, and now all of a sudden he goes away and Ryan Reeves, for God's sakes, is showing up on the score sheet and being very noticeable in general. Got Shaw scoring goals. Ryan Hartman nearly nets a hat trick tonight. Um, it's kind of strange how all this worked out. I I was just kind of trying to wish another six goal game into existence. Didn't think it was going to happen in the first one right. Um, right afterwards. But I mean, yeah, the offense has still been has still been really, really good without him. And it's been strange. And, you know, I didn't notice Sammy Walker a ton tonight. Um, I don't think he played a bad game. Um, and sometimes not noticing a player is not the worst thing uh, to, to have happen. But in general, right. the Wilds offense has found out ways to score goals, dude. 
Um, and it's working, you know, if, if, if they continue to keep pace with Dallas stars and they're right on their heels, which is incredible again, without the, one of the best players in the entire NHL, you'll take it. And the nice thing is they're scoring goals, how they should score goals. It, it's the realization without Kirill that if they try to play a fancy game, they're going to lose games and then they're not going to score any goals. What I love right now is they're driving to the net. Uh, Reeves has been absolutely like the last week or so marvelous. I mean, tonight in the first period, he did exactly what I've been begging for, which he set up camp in front of Bennington at the time in goal. And I believe it was Sam Steele took a shot and, and Reeves tipped it. It didn't go in, but it's exactly what you want from him. Um, and then his goal was great. His assist was beautiful. He made a great pass. And it's just, I think everybody is realizing how this team has to play. Now, the question is when Krill comes back, and TNT, I think, broke news. I don't think that we we knew this, assuming it's true, saying that the three- to four-week timetable for Krill now looks like it might be long, and he might be back pretty soon. Don't know on that yet. Am I skeptical? Sure, until I see it. But that was interesting. But, you know, when you look at how they're playing, when you look at the fact that they're creating screens, when you look at the fact that nobody is trying to really, at this point in time, for the most part, do too much, they are they are creating rebounds. Um, I will say this, as bad as Klingberg can be defensively, and we saw it in the first period tonight, I love the fact that he he has the Ryan Suter loft shot down perfectly. You know how suits would loft that puck oh, in that deck, and we were always actually... like, "What is this?" Like, yeah, like he'd score once in a while. Um, Klingberg has a better shot, but he does the loft shot, and, and he scored a goal tonight. In late in the third period, he hit the crossbar. Uh, so there's just a lot of things. And look, I'm never gonna say I'm glad Krill's out. Like I, I've heard, um, I, I think it was between the second and third period. Anson Carter said it's the best thing now in retrospect that could ha- have happened. I'm never going to say that. Yes. Kirill Kaprizov is Kirill Kaprizov. But what I will say is I do think that this has caused everyone to look and say, okay, Kirill's out. How are we going t- to score goals? And the funniest thing about this entire, um, like tonight's game so far, and look, the Blues are sort of a mess. So I'm not trying to say that the Blues are a good team, but the way that the Wild played tonight was sort of a playoff style, right? Yeah. Like, this is how you score in playoffs. This is how you do things. Because I didn't think that they were necessarily cheap. Like, they, they didn't play a cheap game, but they played a very heavy, hard game. And the fourth line has been just outstanding of late. So I love that line. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the way they're scoring goals is good. And Bennington's Bennington, which we'll obviously, I, I think, we'll get into here. And he's sure. not a great goalie now. He did you know, put the dagger in the wilds back last, last year when he came in for Huso and was able to help the uh, blues get by the wild in the first round of the playoff series. So it depends if you're keeping score at home, you know, does Bennington have an advantage and he pulls this kind of stunt and he's always been known for doing stuff like this, but um, I don't know if it was, uh, it definitely had a playoff atmosphere. I'll say that it had a playoff atmosphere. Um, Eight goals is probably not going to happen in a playoff game. But the way they've been scoring goals and the way that they've been able to figure out ways to find offense without Kirill Kaprizov is obviously a huge win for them. Um, and if they can continue to do this while he's out, and yeah, to your point of the TNT kind of maybe breaking a little scoop there that he could be back beforehand, which is great. Um, you'll take that every time. But guys like, yeah, Mason Shaw is showing up. Ryan Reeves is showing up, for God's sakes. The fourth line. The fourth yeah. line's been great. And that, and you need you need a fourth line to not just play six minutes a night. You need that fourth line to contribute um, some type of in some type of way, whether in one end of the zone. 
And for whatever reason, they've been actually showing up in both ends on multiple occasions. And it's been very noticeable. Sunquist score too. I like what he brings a lot. I think he brings um, a grittiness that we wanted Greenway to bring. But I mean, Sunquist has cups. He's a veteran guy. I think he knows his exact role. And, you know, again, he's a guy who was in front. I really, I think he, I think Greenway never truly either embraced or understood what was desired from him night in, night out. Sunquist to me is an upgrade because I think he does. I think he gets that. And the more guys that you have on this team who embrace the lunch pail style, right? Like, because this is what I've been complaining about all year. And tonight I saw it. So congratulations. But the more guys that you have that embrace that style and embrace the fact that you're going to have to play a hard game. And tonight's game, from our standpoint, a fan standpoint, was entertaining as hell, I thought. Again, not not like well-played, but who cares? It was super entertaining. From a player standpoint, I'm sure it's a tough game to some degree. Um, And Alex Goligoski scoring on a breakaway might have been... Among the things that were the poster child for tonight's game, right? Like how weird, because that second period just got flat out weird. Among those things is Alex Goligoski. If you had asked me at the beginning of the year or told me, hey, Goligoski's going to score eventually a breakaway, I'd be like, no, he's not. And then he's going to troll the crowd. That to me was like the snapshot of how of how entertaining and, and sort of 1980s throwback this game was. But um, full credit. The Wild was down. I thought that they were out. I thought that this was going to be a 6-1 to game. And, you know, they showed a resilience that we, I, I think it's safe to say this, we have not consistently seen through the years from Wild teams, especially in the recent vintage. For sure. And I think that's what's so interesting about this game is obviously the goalie fight that almost took place, which kind of kind of took away from everything that happened on the ice. Um, the wild scoring eight goals and the fact that, yeah, they were down and could have been down and out about five minutes into the second period. Then they basically rally off a bunch, a bunch of unanswered goals. And that's, that's huge for them. I, I thought it was gonna be a long night for flurry after he, he kissed he the post basically. Early. Yeah. And, and thanked it. I was like, Oh, we're going to get, here it is after TNT and everyone saying, including myself saying, Hey, I think Mark, I just kind of turned his game around a little bit here. Things are, things are looking good, but um the Wild are able to still bounce back and find a ways to win. I see uh, Ryan Reeves has his uh, has the tarp off right now on the TNT broadcast, getting interviewed uh, with the shirt off, talking to Biz and the boys. I love, I love to see it. Guy. I love that guy. All right, let's talk about it. Uh, first of all, first of all, if there are two guys who are the non-stars of the night here, it is David Breezebois and Ryan Galloway. Those would be your two linesmen who decided after Jordan Binnington went after Ryan Hartman and rightfully so got a match penalty because he punched Hartman with his blocker. Hartman got a penalty for getting knocked out. Not sure about that one. Um, Mark andre Fleury, what, 38, God bless him, comes down the length of the, the ice, ready to fight. Binnington set to go. Binnington, who I think grew up, you know, loving flower and the linesmen don't let them go the disappointment i i felt and i got some tweets i tweeted this and i got some tweets saying come on he uh flurry could get hurt you know i thought about it long and hard i was willing to risk that because i just wanted to see the damn goaltender how many potential goaltender fights in nhl games does one get in 2023 
don't see it. You don't see it at all. And that's what I want to see. You had Ric Flair in the GD crowd tonight. It was wrestling night in St. Louis. He he read the lineup for the Blues in yeah. their locker room. Yeah, you have one of the greatest performers of all time in Ric Flair. Oh, the wrestling's fake. Okay, save that for me here, okay? I know these guys actually can fight in hockey games, and those guys are performers in themselves. But you have a chance here with Bennington and Marc-Andre Fleury, who's hockey royalty, by the way. I don't know if you've ever seen Marc-Andre Fleury up in person. Pretty looking face. Okay, I'm... Yeah. I'm I, I, uh, you can safely say that guy has a pretty looking face and he's not willing to sacrifice what's going on, chin up to hair down. Okay. And he was able to take off that mask and say, let's go. If you're going to pull this crap, you're going to slap your blocker up against my teammates head, go all the way down. And Benning, I mean, this is not the first time Bennington has done something like this. He was chirping the bench during the timeout, um, to a degree he was kind of asking for it. So then once you saw, which I don't, I didn't know if it was intentional or malicious, but once you saw Hartman score the goal and then kind of skate his way through Bennington's equipment himself, you knew that, oh, he's going to go after him. Um, you could just tell that something was going to happen. And we got robbed. We got robbed of what yes. would have been, I think, legitimately one of the coolest NHL highlights that we we, have, we haven't seen before. I mean, I, I'm too young, really, to remember the so Patrick Waugh fight. And I've yeah, seen it on YouTube. We've I've seen, seen some YouTube good ones, times. but I just wanted my shot at Flurry and Bennington. Come on, dude. And Bennington wanted it. Like, he was trying. Oh, he wanted he wanted it, and Flurry was going to embrace the opportunity. Again, I am Mr. Don't Get Hurt. I understand that. But there are some times where I just say, you know what? I don't think he'll he'll get hurt, and damn it, I'm willing to risk it. And this was one because I think, you know, I'm not saying it would have been a knockdown, drag-out great fight, but I'm with Fine. you. I think I at least give it a chance, and yes. that sucker would have been all over. You know, if you want your hockey highlights, yeah. Um, especially during a busy time of year on ESPN, you know, coming up next on SportsCenter, that would have made it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I'm disappointed. Yeah. And you know what? If Bennington's going to go to the uh, bench a little early, he should make sure that those uh, skates are nice and sharpened next time. Why don't you go to uh, his friend at MyDollKnives.com and our buddy Joseph all right, for life-changing online knife experience. So when you're sitting there on your keister joining Bennington and you got a lot of thoughts in yourself, and you're thinking, hey, if when I get home and I cook up a probably – you know, a meal that I think is really good. And he goes to pull out those knives, realizes his game's really dull on the ice, and he realizes his knives are really dull, dull in the kitchen. Why not sharpen those knives? It's in the YouTube bio right here. Okay, go to mydullknives.com. Go to check out our friend Vivrant in, uh, in, in downtown Wyzetta here if you live in the Twin Cities. It's a great spot. Go check out those knives. Go get them nice and sharpened. It's okay to admit you have dull knives, whether you're Jordan Bennington or you're Judd Zolgat or Declan Goff. Everyone, it's okay to have some dull knives. Go check out mydullknives.com for more. And also, if you're uh, if you're hanging out in there, maybe a little bit of popcorn. Maybe some popcorn from our friends at Popcorn, which is located in Shady Oak Road in Minnetonka here as well. But also, it's online at popcorn.com. Maybe Jordan Bennington or Ryan Reeves or Marc-Andre Fleury could put a little thank you note in the checkout box that heard this on Judd's Hockey Show. It helps out us. We've got like 500 people watching us on Judd's Hockey Show late night right now. So hit that subscribe button. Check out our sponsors. Uh, there are a link to them below in the YouTube comment section. So shout out to Vibrant and shout out to Popped Corn. All right, let's get into special teams tonight, which is an, an interesting. So uh, special teams, the good news is, because I think the Wild had, or I don't think, they had been on basically what amounts to an extended power play drought. Tonight they were 50%, 2 of 4. The bad news is the Blues power play was 3 of 5. Um, again, in the first period, Fleury and the entire team was certainly not great. They looked, I don't know, they, they looked actually a little bit tired. Now, in fairness to them, they were missing in order Kaprizov. 
They were missing Felino. They continued to miss Brodeen. And then to double down on that and make things worse, uh, Jacob Middleton also, I guess he was sick tonight, didn't play. So the Wild was at a clear disadvantage without out some key players. Uh, Kalen Addison got back in the lineup, played with John Merrill, who actually I think was like a plus three or four, but did not have a great game tonight. Um, and they had to, because of that, juggle the defensive pairings. Special teams a little bit of a concern when the penalty kill, which ordinarily I think is pretty damn solid, plays like that. Uh, but I will say this. The one guy that I, that I mean, he he was involved in everything tonight, and I loved it. And I feel like he's got, and this goes back a couple weeks or a month ago when a teammate said this, it feels like Ryan Hartman has his mojo back. And Ryan Hartman is now playing like Ryan Hartman should play. And I think when he plays like he is now, he gets a couple goals, he gets points. But, you know, he had become, in my opinion, for a a while there, Declan, a shell of his former self. And he got hurt early in the season. Obviously, before that, he got demoted from center to wing on a lesser line. But Ryan Hartman now on that first line, something eventually, and I don't know if he got a talking to or what, something clicked. And he went from taking dumb penalties and really playing like a guy who was lacking confidence to being in the middle of everything. And again, if you're going to have success in the playoffs, this is how Ryan Hartman has to play. I think the points and goals will follow, but it's more of a it's more of an approach from him in how he gets in the middle. And for lack of a better term, I think he becomes a big bleeping pest. Yeah, I don't know if he was just overcompensating maybe to start the season for how he got off to a slow start offensively, then he gets hurt. And then, you know, you with your thoughts for a while and you're rehabbing and trying to do everything and get, uh, get back on the ice and he gets back on the ice. And look, I still think last year is probably a fluke. You know, I I don't think you're going to see another 60 point or 30 goal season. I should say from Ryan Hartman again, you Mm -hmm. can see a pretty productive player. And since he's come back from injury and over the last, you know, this 14 game point streak, the wilder on, he's been one of their best players. Like we, we've, we've talked about needing Zuccarello to shoot more, right? And we've tried to figure out, hey, can Matt Boldy be a little less streaky? And quietly, Ryan Hartman's literally been one of their best players in the ice, um, night in and night out. And he looks more like the player that he was um, when he first came up with the WoW, which was a good identity player and a player that kind of knew his role. And yeah, I don't know if it was just overcompensating. I'm not sure what it was uh, from that made him look so different like that, different in the beginning of the season. But lately, he's been legitimately one of the Wild's best players. Two goals, one assist, five shots tonight. We are, uh, I'm seeing notes here. It looks like our friend AJ Fredrickson got a tweet on TNT. AJ, congratulations. Nice work. Yes. In fact, right there, Brandon says, AJ, tweet on TNT. I didn't see it because obviously we're we're doing the show right now, but um, that's that's absolutely uh, outstanding. He tweeted out, Ryan Reeves would win the rocket rocket ricard trophy if it if every wild richard trophy was on if every wow game was on tnt so uh so yes pretty good so look at that look at look at aj our our third or fourth member of of judd's hack show by the way oh we got a lot of fans we got got great depth a lot of depth declan goff judd zolget aj frederickson um back to the caprice thing for a second too because there is one thing i think is important about this if Kirill Kaprizov can beat the timeline, which would be, you know, come back really quick, for how long he, he was supposed to be out with, I don't know if it's a hamstring, I don't know 
exactly what it is. That's great. That's all well and good. But the nice thing that this hot streak, especially goal scoring wise, without him creates Declan is nobody wants to see him come back and go out again. So I will say this. I have much more interest in seeing Kirill Kaprizov come back and stay back than, and, and look, he's, he's a freak. I get that. He's an athletic freak. Um, he usually, knock on wood, does not get hurt until now. So like, there's a lot of things about him that make him a special athlete and a special hockey player. But I do not want to see him come back a moment too early if, if there's any chance that this can be, depending on the exact nature of the injury, aggravated. So that's the one thing that I would say is I am not an advocate of, oh, man, he can come back in this game or that game. I would far prefer to see them push it towards the playoffs because once he gets back, one, like you want him back to get to get his conditioning a little bit, but it's not like he's been gone for an extended period of time and guys aren't going to know what he can do. Um, I do hope that a lot of people who are playing now realize, though, what the approach has to be. Like this to me is uh, the one thing, and again, I'm not on the, well, it's good he got hurt. No, it's not. But the one thing that I will say is I think it's important that we have seen what the approach has to be. And if the Wild is willing to play this style and muck things up, and and with Kirill, you almost have to say, dude, you're different. That's cool. No one else is going to try what you do. I think that gives you a real chance. And the second thing is this. You are now on the heels you are one point away from the Dallas Stars. You have a real chance right now to win the division. That would put you then against one of the wildcard teams. I think, so Colorado won uh, tonight in a shootout in Toronto. I think Colorado is going to finish second or third ultimately. It very well might be third. If you can win the division and force, for instance, Dallas to play Colorado in the first round, I would um I would think that that would be cuz I'm not I'm not Mr. win the division guy but man would I like to play a 7 or 8 seed and I don't think it's going to be the, the Avs I think that would be very advantageous to hang I think it would only be the second division banner in the X they won the Northwest years ago Right um yeah that I mean look if they got the Avs that's going to be a tough draw if they don't have Kirill Kaprizov uh I don't like the wild chances, no matter how well they're playing right now over this 14 game stretch. I would tip, I would tilt uh, the seesaw, if you will, in the avalanche's favor if they matched up in the series. But man, because they're right there and they're knocking on the dang door, um, they could have a chance here where the Western Conference is starting to distance themselves. I mean, it's and I forget who said it on the broadcast tonight, but you could you could probably make a case there are six to eight teams in the West, and I know eight teams make it in the playoffs. Who who can make it out of the West? And that just goes to show that there's no one that's really that scares you in the Western conference right now. But to be honest, if I was a wild fan and I don't like to always play that, well, I don't want to play this team. And I, I hate when Minnesota sports kind of get into that realm. Um, playing the avalanche would not be fun. They're getting healthy. They know how to play playoff hockey. They yeah, won McKinney. the damn cup last year. I, I would, McKinney. I would honestly say of all the teams, I don't want to play in the first round. They are number one, a, um, but they're the wild have a chance here to potentially to your point, win the division playing in one of these lesser teams have that home ice advantage too. Um, that could be huge. That could be huge for the Wild going forward in their playoff chances. I think the Jets are a mess. It's my opinion that the Jets. Yeah, they are got off so hot. I'd love, I'd love but, to get the Jets. I think yeah. the the Wild, as of late in the last what couple of years, it feels like 
has the Jets number, Declan. And the Abs are the only team that really scares me. And I'm not saying that, look, if you can advance and play them, that's fine. But I'm just, I'm saying that the way that when you have a 14-game point streak and you have a real chance to win the division and sort of steer clear and get a lesser team in in what, for the most part, is a pretty jumbled West, that's a that's a great opportunity. So that would be my preference, would be to actually just win the division now. Now I'm probably jinxing it. And uh, get the 7 or 8 team in the, in the wild card, depending on what happens with the first place team in the Pacific. Hey, by the way, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was asked, uh, posting this coming from Joe Smith, the athletic, that he was disappointed he got held back from fighting Bennington, said Bennington hit a wild player between the legs earlier. And then when he punched Hartman, quote, I felt like that was my guy, and I had to take care of him. I got robbed. I wanted it. I'm telling you. That's why I wrote the names down. That's why I wrote the names of the linesmen down. David Breesbaugh and Ryan Galloway, you ruined it. You ruined it for everybody. You ruined one of what you ruined what would have been a wild highlight forever. Yeah. A goaltender fight with Flurry. You ruined, they ruined what would have been probably a video shown at the Flowers Hall of Fame induction. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, they ruined a moment. They basically took a Monet and put ketchup on it and ruined the picture. You love ketchup. I love love ketchup, but I don't think that you should put, like, they took a great painting. I'm not happy about it. I know, I'm not happy either. Again, I am Mr. Avoid Injury at All Cost, but... Flurry's 38. He skated the length of the damn ice. He wasn't there to play tiddlywinks. He wasn't there to play cards. He wanted fisticuffs. And and all they had to do, like they were, Dex, they were this close to it happening. Because um Biddington was trying to pull away, and so was Flurry. You know, it, it wasn't what it wasn't one of these hockey fights where it's like, I'm gonna get at you, but you're clearly allowing the linesman to hold you. It was mano a mano, and we got robbed, and I was ticked. But that was that's one of the most in 23 years of watching this team play. That's one of the most entertaining regular season games I've seen. Easily. That's probably top five or 10 for me too. That second Easily. period was just why I mean, beyond the near goaltender fight with the goals and, and what was so nice was early in the second period when the blues were threatening to make it four to one, it's like, this game's going to suck. Like get this game done with we'll podcast tomorrow. And now we got 500 people in the room watching us because it was so much fun. How can you not do a Judd's Hockey Show after a game like that? Absolutely. And if you want more of Judd's Hockey Show, hit that subscribe button right here on this uh, YouTube channel for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Hell, as we get close to playoffs here, and Judd and I haven't formulated our plans necessarily in stone, but I'm going to guess for the last two years we've been doing Wild Vent Line where we bring Wild fans on with us. Uh, we'll see if we probably bring that back, but we will be doing plenty of post-game I stuff. Hope we bring it back. I would assume we are. I Jesse Pierce, AJ yeah, Fredrickson, you know, That'll we'll kind of be at a full strength, interesting, uh, interesting, fun show there. Uh, so hit that subscribe button for daily Minnesota Wild Entertainment. We're happy to have you here and hanging out with us late night here on a Wednesday. And for NFL free agency, go check out Purple Daily. Plenty of stuff, still so many moving parts uh, to get at. So hit that subscribe button. Uh, Judd, any last word? You good? Let the goaltenders fight next time. Yeah, seriously. Let the goaltenders Especially fight. Rick Flair's there. Don't kill, don't, don't kill my mojo by stopping a goaltender fight. I'm 53. I don't know how much time I've got left, but I sure as hell am not going to see a lot of 
two legit goaltenders that want to fight, and, and, and these two bozos stopped it. All right, hit that subscribe button. We'll be back later this week, and pass, shoot, score. You know, there's no room for petty bull****.